it's okay to eat fish because they don't have any feelings. That's what Kurt Cobain said. <laughs> it's okay to eat fish with so many feelings. What fucking song is that? It's uh something in the way of Nirvana. Okay. Fucking Nirvana. Don't even get me started. What do you have against Nirvana, Elliot? Nirvana literally saved rock and roll music, so I don't know what you have against them. Yeah, what do you like? Let, let, let's hear. What do you got against? I can't stand listening to a single Nirvana song. You can't. Un, you can't stand a single Nirvana song. How old were you when they came out? Like two. I'm the same age as you, bitch. No, you're not. Yeah, he's older than you. Eric's older than you. Yeah, but like a couple of years. Yeah, yeah that's older. Yeah, but not for <laughs> respect your fucking elders, dude. <laughs> I think I was like 13 when Teen Spirit came out. Jesus Christ. But yeah, if it wasn't for them, fucking hair metal would have taken over. And like, everybody was already tired of hair metal. And that's like all there was. Yeah. Punk was dead. And then punk became mainstream because of Nirvana, actually. Like grunge and then like adjacent punk. Yeah. Nirvana. And then punk, punk had a revival. You wouldn't be where you are today, sir, if it weren't for Nirvana. Oh, I'm sure I would be. I'm sure if there was no Nirvana, I'd be just fine. Like all, everything is not applicable to me. No, I guarantee you, ninety percent of those bands you listen to wouldn't exist. Like you, you think they'd be Born Dead would be around if Nirvana was uh, not a thing? Born Dead, yeah, Born Dead, Anarcho Crest Band from Oakland, California. Nobody knows yeah, that's there. Cool. Cobain talked about anarchy. No, he didn't. <laughs> talked about selling records. You sound like a bitch right now. You look like a bitch. Yeah. yeah, but I overcome it with personality. best shows I ever saw was uh, Born Dead and La Fraction at a Red Blood Club back in the day. That was one of the best shows you ever seen? Yeah, La Fraction goes off, dude. It's a French band. They got like, a, this little little old lady who's like the lead singer and she was basically, the entire set was running in place singing. Tight. But it, that goes off. Dude. Hello everybody and welcome to Cult of Horror. My name is Hunter. We've got a gentleman here by the name of Catfish or Eric. That, that's a noise. Then we have a guy who is named Elliot, but we just call him dad. How you doing, kids? Uh, squishy noises, squishy noises. Uh, Thanks, dad. What's up, guys? How, how are y'all doing? Everybody doing Fucking good? Fucking phenomenal. Man, if I was any better, I'd be you. That sounds like something you would say to a customer at work. It literally was. <laughs> Like, I think this whole uh, COVID situation is really just getting to us. I never in my life thought I would fucking be dying to go back to work. Yeah. Every day is the same fucking thing. Imagine if your life were Thursday every day. Dude, they should write a movie about that. <laughs> Thursdays are Whataburger Thursdays. Okay, you, you frame your entire life by Whataburger Dude, what do I need to eat there to like? Like, I don't like anything. Before I was vegan, I always ate the number five, which is like a bacon burger. Yeah, I get a number five plain and dry. Fuck yeah, baby. 
No other way. Yeah, it's not gonna work for me. I actually don't really like burgers, to be honest with you. What the fuck is wrong? With if it's not a number five, it's a um, honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich. Untied. Yeah. If you want something really like not dry, but also extremely dry, like if you want to be confused, if you want to confuse your mouth, get a honey butter chicken biscuit. I don't like fast food burgers. I used to no in high school. I, was, I, I mean, that's when I started my obsession with Whataburger. But I used to I used to make patches. I think I gave Ash a patch that I made as a back patch. It was, it was the Whataburger W that I painted. Oh yeah, you made that? Yeah, isn't that like the that's Wonder Woman good. sign? Yeah, it basically is. No, you're thinking Weezer, but um, <laughs> it's the same thing, right? It's Weezer, Wonderburger, Wonder Woman, same shit. Brahms, Brahms is better than Whataburger, dude. Honestly, Brahms has a really good burger, and it's underrated. I'll agree with Hunter, but not Eric. Wow. You know, Whataburger is my favorite fast food burger. I would rather eat a fucking dollar burger from McDonald's than anything at Whataburger. I mean, like, nope. it's cool if you want to start the episode out being wrong, but I mean, it's not a, it's not a good look. We don't even have to debate you. We'll just let, like, your neighbors beat you to death. Like, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I live in a neighborhood full of old people. Fucking bring it. I'll beat the shit out of your old ass. Uh, I think he, <laughs> he's a dude. He's assaulting the fucking fan base again. I think we already figured out from last week's episode that crazy old people will send you letters that will ruin you. Financially ruin you. Huh. Joke's on you. I don't have a job. You can't ruin me he's already, anymore. He's already, <laughs> been, he's already been ruined. I'm already ruined. There's nothing you can do to me that I haven't already done to myself. <laughs> I do it. I do it. You know what the cool thing though about living around like really old people is that I can like flip them off and the next day they don't even remember. <laughs> okay. That's oh, fair. I think those old people are gonna get you. They're just waiting. Hey Charles, go fuck yourself, Charles. Hi, Eric. Oh my God. Hey. <laughs> Fucking shit, dude. <laughs> is it a new car? <laughs> like no, it's the same one I had. Had it for two years, Charles. Say hi to Mary for me. (laughs) What's up, motherfuckers? What's up, motherfuckers? I want to see stage dives. Left stage, right stage. Fucking hardcore shows. (laughs) You motherfuckers like horror movies? You like vampires? You like ghosts? Dude, that was my life and being in the horror punk band. (laughs) Y'all like Ghost Rider? You're like Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> the song is called Umbrella Corporation. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that band is not. I just, I'm just relieved that I don't have to pretend like Typo Negative isn't the shittiest band ever. Typo Negative's dope, dude. I don't Typo know what you're talking about. Awful. I feel like I saw an ad for them looking for a bass player. <laughs> the whole the whole band quit like it's the lead singer looking for a whole band God. i'd like to be your lead singer you can, you can be my lead singer anytime okay don't don't make promises you can't keep elliot yeah because like i really want to do it i'll do it i'll start a band i think that's what i was meant to do you really think you're meant to front a band i mean i did in the early 2000s oh, i know but like you haven't done it since yeah but now with covid everything's possible what kind of vocals you got I'm like a legit singer. Are you a crooner? Somewhat, yes. I, I've been called the Chet Baker of my generation. Who the fuck is that? Yeah, of course you don't know who Chet Baker is. I'm 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I write poppy goth bass lines, so I mean, I can make that work. 
I think at this point we really need to just start a goth band. Yeah. I've been wanting to start a goth band for a while, but like it's a goth band is one of those things where like eh, people like start it and then they just never finish it because it's like it's fun to think about being in a goth band, but I don't think like staying in a stable goth band is like a actual thing. <laughs> I mean, I could see us being like, she wants revenge. I hated that dude's vocals, but yeah, like I, I fucking, but people love that band. Interpol. Yeah. Goth, like a gothy Interpol. See, that's just too bland for me. I don't like that. I think Hunter wants something that'll be on cult nation. Nah. Oh, shit. Cold Nation, nah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that'd be nice, but yeah. Rip off my skin so you can see my soul. Yeah. Are those the, are those the vocals you're bringing to the party? Because I can, I can bring more. <laughs> I, I would leave those behind and make some other ones. I think if I was like the front man, I would do like a Tiny Tim type voice. <laughs> <laughs> How would that even sound like? I don't know. Do but it. I'll, I'll fucking no, do it. Do it I'm now. No, on the spot. You have to do it right now. <laughs> I can't. I have to listen to Tiny Tim first so I can have that tone in my head. This is a super. Bella Lugosi's dead. Everything mm-hmm. in falsetto. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I can hit really high notes. Can you? I can. Eric's the Mariah Carey of goth rock. <laughs> it's it's kind of scary. The Mariah Carey of goth. <laughs> the mariah carey of goth oh my god what this is the best goth band ever um hey what's up man you got any more news i could sure use some news right about now you got any more news (laughs) started you got any more of that news that you had last week so hunter what's new in the news department nice he's like (laughs) straight up segue me uh, one exciting bit of news that I personally... Just am- one? Is the rest going to be dull? Yes. Okay. Completely... Now I know what to expect. So we got, we got to set the mood. So one thing that I'm excited about is a new movie by director Brian Bertino. And if you don't know who that is, he directed The Strangers. He directed the movie that uh, I really, really enjoy, and I think Eric does as well, uh, The Monster from 2016 yeah fucking love that movie did not know that he directed that too i had no idea yeah and apparently he has a new film in the works called the dark and the wicked which is yeah which is going to be a supernatural movie supposed to be pretty crazy um i think this is going to be his first foray into supernatural like horror and suspense and all that um and honestly i'm excited to see what it's going to be like kind of takes place in England. Uh, it's like a period piece about menstruation. Uh, probably they all are. <laughs> so on a secluded farm in a nondescript rural town, a man is slowly dying. His family gathers to mourn and soon a darkness grows marked by waking nightmares and a growing sense that something evil is taking over the family. For some reason, that kind of reminds me of Gwen, the movie Gwen that's on Shudder, which if y'all haven't seen that, uh, I wasn't really a fan of it. I don't know if Eric has seen it. No. Yeah, it's all right. Um, But it kind of reminds me of that. So I'm hoping that it will be better than that. But so it looks it looks like it's an RLJE movie, which is owned by AMC, 
which oh you found that out okay yes which AMC also also owns Shutter so I'm assuming this will probably be a Shutter original I hope so apparently it's supposed to release on November sixth so that's like forever from now oh did you know that he was from uh, Crowley Texas yeah are you serious I've been there I was there last week yeah dude I like used to I went <laughs> I went to the Walmart over there. Dude, I went to the Fast Taco over there like 10 years ago. It was really? delicious. Yeah, dude. We literally <laughs> thought about eating there. It's actually pretty good. It's like... 35 uh, West. That's the one. The best one I've ever had. Uh, Rendon Crowley Road, he, right? Yeah. He, actually, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's so specific. It's yeah. so specific. Catacorner to the uh, Dollar General. <laughs> oh, my God. So, no, I think that's their, like a Motel 6 right there, but yeah. He's so <clears throat> committed. So... That's crazy, dude. I had no idea. Like, how did you, where did you see in that? Um, where I get all my information from Wikipedia. You motherfucker. This movie, I'm excited about it anyway. And Elliot, you'll be happy to know that he did not direct the sequel to The Stranger. Well, I could tell, I could tell you that. I just watched that movie. I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the first. Yeah, but he did write it. <laughs> did he really? Yeah. That sucks. Why? I mean, like, I, mean the, I liked that. The movie. writing was good. The directing wasn't. No, I lo- I actually really enjoyed that movie. It's just I can see easily why people didn't. I mean, like, everybody got stabbed in the back, surprisingly, and then they killed off you know your franchise leads. Like no one wants to see that shit. Well, yeah, but nobody fucking gives a shit about you, obviously, because that's why they made that movie. Yeah, because they don't care about you. Okay, <laughs> Elliot, nobody cares about you. So shut up, mom. What are you gonna do? <laughs> so so next in news director of host signs a three movie deal with blum house and it's kind of fitting it, it, honestly it does seem kind of fitting and that's good that to have a director like that like on the helm of blum yeah house. i mean the host we've said it i think we might have said it on the podcast but it felt like a blum house movie but good yeah so yeah. that makes sense that they would go to Blumhouse. They'd have kind of that style, but they could actually make good movies with them. And that's what they need to do anyway. Like they just need to like contract like good directors and not like shitty directors. Um, and I think Blumhouse will do fine. I mean, I think they're doing fine. It just seems like they're giving people a chance and just a lot of the people that they give chances to just aren't pulling it off. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, we need them. We do need Hope Blumhouse pretty badly. Yeah. But I don't know. RJLE is coming up with, uh, with some of the good bangers lately. Yeah, but it seems like they just buy movies after they've already been made. I mean, they have good taste, even if they're curating them. Good That's job. True. I'm going like, to see if they're hiring, actually. Cause you need a job. I need a job. I need to buy new wheels for my Forerunner. So, yeah, the, direct, the host director, three movie deal with Blumhouse. Um, that's a good thing for me. I'm excited. Another thing that y'all probably all heard by now, Candyman was pushed back to 2021 indefinitely. Bullshit. You, are, you, are you disputing that that happened? I, no, that I think the whole situation is bullshit. I, I don't know. I, get, I see the stuff. I see it from the standpoint of the studios. They're not going to make as much money, but fuck dude like what else do we have going on for us in our life that's positive and you take it away yeah i mean like that's the thing 
I take they got it as a so, personal attack. It is a personal attack. They're attacking literally you. Like, I, I mean, honestly, I, here's the thing. I don't want to go to the theater to watch a movie still anyway. Like, I, not right now. Like, I don't, I don't want it I'm to be released prob- in theaters. In all honesty, I probably won't even in 2021. Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, like, the fact that they won't release it on VOD, like, or something like that, like that. I mean, come on, man. Like, you know. I mean, it's the same thing it. with Halloween and kills. I mean, it's all the, all the blockbusters are pushed back. Like, that's just. But I mean, like. They're going to hold but out the deal, the theaters. Uh, it's just like, th- this is a few weeks before it was set to release. You know? Like, so what's going to happen next year? So they're just going to bombard us with movies, like one after another. And then what? Like, if you don't see it within the week or two, it's already forgotten because it's out of theaters and someone else, something else is already playing. I mean, well, it sounds like they're scheduling it out. It sounds like there's there's always like a planned roster of like what movies are going to release on what weekend and they have to kind of like fit it in these little slots. And if they can't fit it in these little slots, they're going to just like put it on hiatus until there's like a good slot that opens up. Cause you'll have people that still keep pushing their movies back or like, you know, release them on a different date or whatever that's going to keep happening. Uh, I, that's my guess anyway, is what they're planning on doing. Maybe that's why it's indefinite. I mean, it's, it's all on a scale because I mean, America's drinking COVID like it's Coors. And so everything's, nothing's getting better so they're just going to keep you know pushing it back and pushing it back because they need to make you know the companies need to make the money on this yeah i guess you're right like and i i can't imagine they're making much money on like streaming like i just i just can't imagine um i mean Candyman, like nobody's gonna pay 20 bucks to rent it from home i mean we're gonna be i mean i would i mean just look at the the fucking backlash people are getting over uh what's that disney movie mulan mulan yeah $30 $30 to fucking watch it. Oh, yes. Right. <clears throat> Fuck that. I mean, and then that Trolls is like 20 bucks before that was. Yeah. You know, and I mean, Visible Man was 20 bucks and that was low budget. I mean, it's just, it's just going to get pushed it's back because I mean, no one's making, no, they're not going to make money on streaming. They're just holding out for the theater. And plus, it's, you know, I mean, movie companies are still run by like the old guard. So, you know, they believe theaters are their bread and butter. I mean, so we're as a podcast going to be reviewing like indie low budget movies for a while, which you know what? Like those have been the better movies lately anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, last week I saw in the theater is the fucking grudge. So and that was, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. All of it. It was up, it was up there. Yep. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Up there. The relic was what the grudge should have been. I, re-watch, I mean, I rewatched the grudge with my brother to try to like, as like, okay, maybe I missed something, but no, it, the, the timeline does not make sense. Like my brother had to like calm me down and be like, maybe it's like, <laughs> get <laughs> off the roof. Elliot. Yeah. Dude, you, must be getting, you must be like, I want to see you like, as you're watching it, like a movie you don't like, because I can imagine you just like starting to punch holes through walls and stuff. Cause like, I remember Ashley was like, I was like, Ellie won't watch this. Cause he gets, he gets mad. I mean, like, not, he, gets mad. like he was trying to like, maybe the house is like, a dimensional portal that'll explain like maybe it jumps through time maybe like you know and like no no they just didn't bother to film coverage they didn't bother to like proofread and just like yeah well, it's like you you really want to give them that much credit you think that they're that smart the ghost just doesn't abide by time or space yeah. okay and it's like is it a ghost is it the house or is it a curse i'm like figure it out and he's just like i don't know man i don't know it's pretty bad but i don't know 
Did he, oh, so he didn't enjoy it either? No, he, he did not enjoy it. And then he was just good. But he was more concerned with calming me down. <laughs> he's like, just <laughs> sit down and we could talk about it. Mom, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do, Mom. All upset. All upset. I don't think I've ever watched a movie with you, Elliot. Like at least a movie that you didn't. We saw what we see. Like, no, we saw the. Oh, we saw Midsummer yeah. together, but like, and, we, and then we all three of us saw us. Oh, you did get really mad during us, actually. <laughs> I I turned to look at you, and you're like, "Don't look at me." <laughs> I had panic attacks at the end of both those films for different reasons. Was it because I kept passing out? No, talking in, you in my did. sleep. I was talking in my sleep, wasn't I? Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were talking in your sleep in the middle of the movie. People were staring. Yeah, that, that was a new experience for me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? Uh, okay, so Candyman got pushed back to 2021, and the last bit of news I have there. Uh, there's a movie coming out that was filmed in the 1980s that is coming out for the very first time. It's a movie that was never released. And uh, it is, you heard about that? So the long unfinished sequel, Grizzly 2 Revenge, has finally been completed by the producer. And this is a movie starring Laura Dern George Clooney and Charlie Sheen in their younger years uh, filmed back in 1986. And wow, this movie was supposed to come out and apparently there was some issues with uh, the rights. Supposedly it vinegar syndrome is actually putting it out, you know, because like nobody gave a shit about it. And then like vinegar syndrome, like looked it up and, and got with the producer and it was like, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's put it out. Whatever. So now that's going to be interesting to see, like a young <laughs> version of all those actors. And it it changed names so many times. It was like Grizzly 2, like the, the Predator what, or whatever. What's the first Grizzly? It's Grizzly, apparently. Apparently Grizzly was like a, ni- a 1976 movie. It sounds like a 1976 movie. Yeah, it kind of does. People are great uh, in the 70s. There was a huge epidemic of bear attacks in the 70s yeah but it's just wild i wonder i wonder how many other fucking movies like that exist i did i never thought that that would be a thing that actually happened like a fully finished quote-unquote finished movie just like you know there's there's a, there's a lot actually there's they just get shelved yeah there's they just like nope. shit. that's wild i wonder if there's some like fucking bangers in there I mean, it's all, it's, if it's not, I mean, this is actually a smart idea because it's probably going to make a lot of money just on the novelty of itself. But I mean, a lot of movies are tied up in, you know, legal issues. But I mean, if you're sitting, if, if it's COVID and you can't put anything out and you're sitting on like this, like library of, of just like shelved shitty movies, I mean, there's no reason not to put them out if you legally can. I mean, more props to them for doing that. Yeah. Everybody's going to watch this movie just to see, you know, how bad it is and to see the stars. They're going to see Laura Dern and George Clooney fuck yeah. on camera. So, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's actually pretty smart. But there's, a, there's, yeah, there's like hundreds and hundreds of shelled movies. All right. Well, that's cool. Um, but I'm, I mean, I, I want to see it and see how bad it is because it honestly sounds terrible. But, God. So, uh, Elliot, you got anything? Uh, Netflix just dropped. 
a lot of their uh, Halloween programming. And I got a list of that if you want me to read that or no. Yeah, do it. I haven't even looked at that. All right, September 10th, uh, which is already come and gone. You have the, the Babysitter Killer Queen, which we've talked about already. September 16th, the uh, Paramedic. September 18th, Ratcheted? Ratched? Ratched? Yeah, Ratched. Ratched? Is that a word? Yeah. Well, it's the last name of the uh, nurse from uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, so it's Miss, uh, Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, it's Nurse Ratchet. And if, if, if you just got ratcheted. Yeah, I got you. Which is just very fun to say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then October 1st, you got Oktoberfest, Beer and Blood, which oh, God damn sounds it. amazing. October 2nd, The Binding, Vampires versus the Bronx. October 7th, you have... Are these all originals? Um, I doubt it, but probably. May, uh, maybe. Maybe. If not original, then like... Thought. Yeah. Yeah. October 7th, there's the Hubby Halloween, which is the Adam Sandler movie that has made some noise because people think that it is revenge for him not getting nominated for Uncut Gems, and he threatened to make the worst movie ever. Oh, really? Yeah, at least that's, that's oh, what the fans. But it's basically this, I guess, safety rule stickler as to um, protect his town on Halloween from some kind of outside threat. But yeah, so a lot of people are going to watch that just to see if it is, in fact, Adam Sandler's worst movie. Yeah, I was, I was wondering, because like, who asked for this? And I was like, why is this uh why is this a thing? But not that context actually makes a lot more sense. Yeah, the rumor so, is it's it's his revenge film to the world. You know, I have a controversial opinion and I know I'm gonna get shit for it, but uh I did not really care for uncut gems. I still haven't seen it. It's on Netflix now. It's been on Netflix. Fucking but it was on Netflix before it was in the theaters. No, it wasn't. It was. Um no. Eric, did you ever see Uncut Gems? I'm not going to watch that shit. Fuck no. And he already made the worst movie ever, which was that fucking uh, Blazing Saddles wannabe bullshit Western movie. What's it called? Uh, to Die in the West or whatever? No, it was like the fucking Ungrateful Eight or some shit like that. Oh, yeah, it, was a, he, it was a play on the Magnificent one. Seven. Yeah. yeah. The hate, hateful Eight? No, no. It's, it's called <laughs> something else. It's so bad we don't even remember. And then also October 9th, you have The Haunting of Bly Manor finally comes out. October, the Ridiculous Six. The Ridiculous October 14th, the, the Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. Nice. That, what, this is like the fucking era of babysitters, apparently. I mean, well, it's like that zombie, what is it? The Boy Scouts Guide to Zombie, whatever. To the Apocalypse. Yeah, whatever. Which I never, that movie never wasn't saw bad. That. Yeah, it wasn't oh, bad. Oh, I need to watch yeah, it then. Yeah. October 19th, uh, you have uh, season two of the new Unsolved Mysteries, which Ooh. everybody is dying for. I did not like this last season. I thought it was there was only one like real interesting story, and the rest were kind of whack. I don't know, man. I thought they were pretty interesting. I mean, I mean, the one with the dude and that was uh, killed at the party. Yeah, that one was pretty fucked up. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess the one with the guy who fell or whatever, like from the two stories, like wasn't that interesting? Oh, that was boring. And yeah. uh, the only other one that I thought was like really like got my attention was the one with the lady that killed her husband 
and the daughters like were talking about her or whatever. It was like a killed black her. Oh yeah. Time. Fuck, dude, that was crazy. And then like I like the alien one. I liked it. I mean, either way, like it got a lot of hype. Like it it, it was... Yeah. I, I like it. So like I mean the second one should be better yeah. considering. And then uh see what else. October twenty first, you have Rebecca. October twenty second, you have Cadaver. October twenty eighth. Any information on those at all no i don't october 28th nobody sleeps in the woods tonight october 30th uh his house and day of the lord i think (sighs) think is that a nacho libra sequel yes day of the lord yeah i think it might have been nobody sleeps in the woods tonight i think i don't remember the name but there is one that i read up on and is looks pretty legit i don't know if it's the same movie but yeah those are some of the movies that they dropped you know, as oncoming for the spooky season, which thank fucking God. And I'm sure Hulu has their Hulu Halloween. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, w- I want to see what Shudder is going to come, come out with. Did a lot I, of the time they just put it there like a couple weeks before and just kind of leave it. Uh, and then my only other news is there is the new Jason fan film, Never Hike in the Snow, which is a sequel to the very, very successful Never Hike Alone. Yeah. Friday the Thirteenth fan film, which is that movie was actually pretty. I enjoyed that. It's probably the best Friday the Thirteenth fan film, and there are a bunch of them on YouTube, which you can all watch for free, including Never Hike Alone and Never Hike Alone in the Snow comes out. Uh, I think October Thirteenth. So it's, it's uh, the first Friday the Thirteenth that actually takes place in the winter, and see what they do with that. Could Refreshing. Be, yeah. Not a summer one. Did you ever see the first one? I, I'm not a big fan of fan films. It's it's legit. I, I mean, it's they had that. Uh, was it Michael Myers versus Jason? Yeah, Boyd? I thought that was corny. That that one was corny, but I mean, Never Hike Alone was pretty good. It's like half found footage, half like Friday the Thirteenth movie. It was. But it, is it better than a Friday the Thirteenth movie? Uh, it could that could be argued. Who could, who would you argue that? Would I argue that? Um, oh, it's only like it's it's one dude versus one Jason. So I mean, you're not gonna have like a, the body count and the gore and stuff like that. But Jason himself looks pretty fucking decent, and the movie is pretty decent. Did you ever watch Lake Nowhere? You need to watch that shit right now when this is over. You'll love that. It's like a Jason-esque cabin movie in the woods with a masked slasher. Is a cat mouse kind of deal? No, it's just a straight slasher. Yeah, I love me some mass flashes. It's like I think it's like an hour long, so well, I think it's on Prime. I guarantee you, you will fucking love it. Okay. I mean, I, after watching Never Hike Alone, I went through YouTube and and they, there's a bunch of Friday the Thirteenth fan films that I could not even get through the first like couple of minutes. Yeah, but the, I mean, Never Hike Alone is a legit movie, and it I think it's 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 why it's widely respected in the Friday the Thirteenth community, which none of you care about. No, I know it's a good movie. The so fans, the so fans of that, look forward to that. Okay, well, fair enough. Oh, uh, what was it? Were you going to say anything about Tubi or whatever? Just that I don't, I don't know anything about Tubi, but I've heard that Tubi is killing it in the horror community. Yeah. And then there's another one called Quibi, and that is oh, Quibi is the one with the sh- I remember Quibi yeah, now. Quibi's hosting the uh, Fifty States of Fright, which is a Sam Raimi produced, I guess, series. Quibi. Quibi is like an entire thing where it's like everything's like 15 minutes or something like or five minutes. 
like everything on there is like super short. Well, apparently Sam Raimi's got a lukewarm horror anthology show going on. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like literally here's here's the synopsis of, of Quibi. Watch movie quality shows designed for your phone. New episodes every day. The fuck? There's yeah. too many streaming things for me to keep track of these days. Yeah. Well, from what I'm understanding of Quibi, it's like you get bits and pieces of like a story every day. Like you get eight minutes of a movie and then you have to wait the next day. That sounds terrible to me, sounds to be honest. Awful. Yeah. Just give me my HBO and my Cinemax and leave me alone. Uh, I think we talked about that way earlier on the podcast, but uh, if you don't have Tubi, you should definitely download it because it's completely free. It's on Android and iPhone. Um, it's kind of like Crackle, but it's got a better selection and it's for horror movies. Um, a lot of it is anyway. A lot of good ones on there. When you say Crackle, do you mean the candy bar? Yes. Oh my God, it's awesome. <laughs> Correct. All right, y'all. Now it is time to move on over to our main segment. A review of the shutter film the shed stan lives with his abusive grandfather and tries to protect his best friend from high school bullies when he discovers a murderous creature has taken refuge inside his tool shed he tries to battle the demon alone until his bullied friend discovers a creature and his far more sinister plan the shed spoiler alert it was a vampire it was a vampire well, you, you should definitely say spoiler alert and then say, like, afterwards. Not in the same fucking breath. But... How is it a spoiler? It's a fucking vampire movie. Yeah. Yeah, well. The logo itself is like every other vampire movie. I like the logo, actually. Well, yeah, because all of them have that. They all got fangs in them, except I for Twilight. It. I like, yeah, except for Twilight. I regret not seeing this movie sooner. It's been, like, on the shelf uh, at Walmart for, like, five bucks for the last, like, six months. And every time I saw it, I'm just like, ah, should I? So the movie starts off with Joe Bean going out into the woods. Uh, apparently, he's like hunting for something that's killing off his uh, livestock. And he runs into a vampire. And the vampire bites him and just fucking for no reason decides to kill itself. Yeah, that, um, uh, that was... <laughs> Okay, so I, I found this on YouTube because it was always, every time I went to YouTube, it had an ad for this. And I was like, this seems kind of like punk rock and cool. So I decided, I decided to watch it, you know, before we, you know, came on this uh, podcast to do it. But the first five minutes, I was like a mix of emotions. Like, man, there's Frank Whaley. This is going to be like a, a good movie. And then they have like this weirdest, like discount, like Barlow vampire Dude, like I, I would completely agree because it's like starting off when it starts off, like it shows like the forest or whatever, and then it cuts like abruptly, like in the middle of like a fucking like aggressive chase scene. And there's a lot of moments like that in the movie that are pretty cool and jarring. But like, you know, he's getting chased and you're wondering, like, what is it? And it's pretty clear from the very beginning. It's a vampire. Uh, But when you see the vampire, I agree. It's it's like Kurt Barlow ripoff from like um, Salem's Lot. but we've been overdue for like a good looking Barlow vampire since Kurt Barlow came out because Kurt Barlow doesn't like it's dated now. It's really dated. And this was fucking creepy. The vampires in this movie look fucking great. I was going to say the opposite. I was so disheartened when I saw this, this horrible looking vampire. And then 
don't understand why it was nighttime and then all of a sudden it's like three o'clock noon and fucking this dude's <laughs> like just doesn't even give a shit to even like not burn up. Yeah, well, was, was it Kurt Barlow or was it fucking Osferatu? It's the same thing. Yeah, but like it's Kurt Barlow because like he had like the yellow eyes. Or, so would Nosferatu. No, he didn't. Well, he was black and white. You don't know. Or was it Peter from What They Do in the Shadows? <laughs> yeah, but I, I I did not enjoy that vampire. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I was I, I was like happy to see Frank Whaley and then like bummed to see this vampire and then even more bummed when it didn't make any sense. I was like, oh, <laughs> like where are we going with this? <laughs> so after that, I mean, obviously Frank Welly's character is now a vampire. So he runs into this shed. The, the shed is uh, on the property uh, that belongs to Stan's grandfather. We get a little bit more information about Stan. His, you know, his parents uh, passed away. So now he's under the care of his pretty verbally abusive ex-veteran grandfather who was played by Tim Bottoms who uh, you might uh, recognize from many, many movies and TV shows. And, um, you know, it's a small town. He's kind of the outcast at school. It's really just him and his friend, and they're bullied by, you know, all the jocks and, you know, everyone at school. There's a group of, of like, you know, what would you call them? Like rockers or something? There's like three or four of them, and they're, they're always picking on Stan and his friend Dahmer. Which, by the way, name? Come on, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so they're getting picked on by then. And Stan eventually discovers the vampire in his shed, and hijinks ensue. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, there was a lot of little things. I wish I would have written them all down, but there's like a lot of little nods to stuff in this movie. Like it was obviously written by a horror movie fan most notable to me was like when uh, Stan is in the hallway and has the interaction with marble. Was that the guy? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, why don't you eat shit and die? And he's like, why don't you eat shit and live? It was like the famous line from uh sleepaway camp. Oh yeah. So there was a, a few other little like nods like that in the movie. And uh, I don't know. I kind of liked it. it. It made it a little bit like, oh, I remember that, you know? Yeah, I, I didn't catch any of that, I guess. Yeah, because you're 12, so. Yeah, well, fair. I've seen some and... camp, but I didn't remember that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I also enjoyed this movie, but I had to turn a, a big blind eye to a lot of stuff. It, but I think that most of that was just, you know, being a low-budget production. You could see, like, I mean, like, the kids' like room was very, you know, trauma film room yeah i mean it was a mix of like fake band flyers pinned up like a ski I, I i nothing pisses me off more than when you have like generic band flyers like yeah. get a fucking get get a poster well i guess but then you have to pay the band maybe right i i don't know then it, it was that it was that and it was um separated by weird like ross photos of like blurry night lights or something like, yeah, like a, road. a big old like poster of like what is it teenage like, pre- like priest like, girl or whatever sluts or whatever well, yeah, satanic actually, slutty that actually came into play so that that's forgivable but that room was, was really annoying but and and like what year do you think this was but what year <laughs> some of the just the the, the low budget a- aspects of this movie kind of annoyed me but it was very forgivable because I did enjoy the movie being what it was. I was a little let down with with some of the vampire stuff. 
But I mean, it, yeah, we agreed. Uh, Frank Whaley needed to be in the movie a whole lot more. A whole lot more. I mean, I mean, and then it, this Frank Whaley. Like I'm five seven. Frank Whaley is five seven. That is not an, an imposing vampire. He does not ha- like. He does not have a threatening silhouette. So I mean, the girl in this movie was taller than Frank Whaley as a vampire, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not afraid of this. But he's a vampire. And he has he's supernatural vampire, powers. Yeah, so. I also, I kind of also like. I mean, when he was running to the shed, Frank Whaley like grabbed like that kind of rag from the wood pile or whatever, and kind of like wrapped it around himself. And so now he has like this like weird, like hobo cape looking thing. Which <laughs> he's the hobo vampire. Yeah, like I mean that that was kind of cool. I was expecting him to look kind of more gnarly looking, but. I mean, and then like I can't tell what year this was because the our main character is listening to cassette tapes out the ass, and everybody's wearing flannel. Yeah, yeah I don't understand that. So this has all. to be like set in the '90s, which would yeah, it it tells me it's like early '90s, '95, the latest. I mean, that's a smart move to you know, especially in a low budget print picture of uh, um, circumventing cell phones and any kind of technology. Or like, why don't you just do this? And it's like, yeah, what? Let's run home, you know. Yeah. Like, let's run home everywhere. Let's not pick up the phone. Let's just <laughs> run across the fucking what if city. The, like, oh man, there was just a lot of like little things that made me laugh throughout this movie that I enjoyed. Like uh, when he's writing in the beginning, when he's like leaving his grandfather's house, he's riding to school, I guess, and the jocks drive by in the in the car and. He's like paying attention to them, so he accidentally like bumps into the the truck that's being driven by the sheriff. Yeah, and the sheriff's like examining the truck, and he's just like, "Oh, you're lucky you didn't damage anything." And like right next to where he's looking, there's like literally rust holes and fucking dents all over the fucking truck. Like it's obviously a pile of shit, and the fucking guys all like, "Oh, you're lucky you didn't fucking dent it." Yeah. Yeah. Well, that and, and me, then like that made me laugh. I, yeah, I, there's a lot of stuff like that, but that, like what else? Like police, well, I'm about to talk about it. Right, so police, the police officer. <laughs> so like the, the the cop that was like saying like, yeah, you better watch yourself, kid, like or whatever. Like never seen again the entire movie. Like you, he sets it up like he's gonna be like his antagonist or whatever, and then it's like always the sheriff, like the sheriff who's cutting him slack, which is that that's part of it right there. And then also something that was really kind of irritated me was whenever his grandpa was giving him shit in the morning, like right before that whole, you know, running into the cop car situation, his granddad was like, you know, Hey, like, Oh yeah, you going to school, you going to school looking like that, whatever. And then he just like talked shit to him for like five minutes straight. And then like the kid is like, all right, I gotta go. And he just walks out. And then like the granddad's like, yeah, that's right. Run away, kid, run away. Like you always do. <laughs> you, he did. He just, you're the one who told him to go to school and he's going to school. What are you talking about? Yeah. Terrible. Your problems are going to catch up to like, you one day. Get you from yeah, behind. He, uh, like he got out of bed and was like, he's like, you go to school with them rags you slept in. And the kid's literally changing his shirt. <laughs> like, like, like the, that there's so many, so many things like that, but it's just, everybody's picking on him literally for no reason. No, yeah. I get that. That's, that's, that's definitely apparent, but, uh, <laughs> well, it, it honestly, that is true. Like everybody's picking on him and like, he's just like a regular normal kid. Like he doesn't yeah. do anything wrong really in throughout the entire movie. 
They talk about him going to like juvenile hall or oh, something, that's true. don't they? Yeah. Where did why? Like they never explained anything. Nah. And they kind of they kind of insinuate, yeah, that his his mother, I guess, died of cancer and his dad killed himself. Yeah. That is what I got from it. But even that was just a dream, so you don't know if that really happened or what. Exactly. I think it was a plot device to say that like his parents died, and so he had some trouble. And then that's why he's under the thumb of his grandfather. Yeah. I mean, like that could have been explained just a little bit more. Uh, I would have given you a little bit more of an idea of why they were like picking on him or like why this movie is low budget and it's really rough around the edges. It's super low budget. Like this feels like the filming of it was, was pretty good. Like that's the thing. Like the, the actual cinematography and whatever, it was pretty good. Everything else was super low budget. Yeah, I mean, it's besides like, special effects, I still thought was really good. I'm glad you liked it. No, because I like this movie, even though it shouldn't work. It does work. It's really rough around the edges. Has a lot of loose ends, but I mean, it. I mean, I guess you could say it barely scrapes by. But yeah, it's it's a likable. It's like a likable movie. And all the characters did their job perfectly. All the actors did their job yeah. perfectly. I mean, uh, and this is, I mean, if you want to get, you know, what, who, who name one person who was a good actor in this movie. Uh, the main character, Stan, Boom. Was really good. his Hell. friend Dahmer was really good. Dahmer's the only one who maybe is redeemable. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to come out. I'm going to come out and say it. I, I honestly did not care for this movie. Well, you liked a vampire at least, so that's a plus. That's that's like there's things to like about this movie. It's a mess. It's a mess. That's what I'm saying. Like it's a mess. It's it's basically like your most basic generic, you know, eighties teen coming of age story where you have the outcast kid with his even more outcast friend, and he likes the bully's girlfriend, and they're eventually gonna hook up, and you know, he's gotta best the bully, and then you just slap this like you know, premise of a vampire in the shed on top of it. And that's this movie. Uh, you know, I like it and Eric liked it and, you know, it barely works. I'll give you that, but it's still a fun watch. It's, it's, it's like at times. How many times did you watch it? One fucking time. And that's all I needed. I need you, I need you to watch it again. No, I'm not going to watch it again. It's, I'll, I will put it this way. It's it was a lot better the second time around. I'll tell you that much. I will tell you this. It was better than one BR. Everything's better oh, that's, than that's not hard to that's not hard to accomplish. Ex- you know, but, and you're right um, to your point exactly. So, but yeah, the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, this movie's all right. I even when I talked to Elliot about it, I was like, I didn't even want to come up with my own opinion on it yet. So I watched it again, and I was like, okay, yes, fuck yeah, I really like this movie. So, so you're wrong. Uh, that's not true. But no, it is. Uh, no, everybody, everybody, I want you to watch this movie. And then email us and comment about how wrong Hunter is. I got so many bones to pick with this fucking movie. So Wait, dude. pick them, pick them, bitch. I'm doing it. Pick them. The okay. First of all, the main you dude. I need you to stand up though when you do this. So stand up right now. I can't. I can't talk to the mic and stand up. So I'll, so, I'll stand up. Yeah, you stand up for me. So here's the deal. Doing it. The you said that the acting is good and everybody did their part. Everybody is like fucking terrible in this movie, Ex- except for Dahmer. Like Dahmer's kind of endearing uh, until like maybe he turns or whatever. But everybody in this movie fucking spoiler. Those are first spoiler. Well, you know, <sighs> basically, I the I only have to disagree. I think I think Stan Elliot, really what, back good. me up here because I I cannot be the only one thinking this. I mean, I I thought Stan did an okay job. I mean, well, okay. First of all, there's the Frank Whaley. So 
I mean, he can't he's be, barely in the movie. He's barely Tim Bottoms. Tim Tim Bottoms. Who the Tim Bottoms. He was in the movie for what? Ten minutes? Yeah, and he did his job. That's all he needed. That's all we could have. That's, that's all, all we could afford. I mean, well, I'm looking not... at this. I'm looking at this whole thing through the guise of like a very low budget movie, and it's. But that's the thing. It's not. Movie. It's in between, and that really does it a disservice. I mean, because like it looks like a not so low budget movie, but then like everything about it, like the writing, not great. Like the writing was essentially on par with like random acts of violence, which I I know you didn't see, but Eric did. So, yeah, but like that's what we're saying. Like, you know, this is going to probably be split because I'm saying like Eric's saying like he likes this movie. I'm saying that this movie shouldn't work, but it worked enough for me to like it. And you're saying you don't like it. We are all all citing the exact same reasons to back up our arguments. So, no, and I, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, it's just not enough for me. Like, Here's here's what could have saved it. Like, really, would it would have more vampire? Obviously, because you're fucking wasting half the movie just like having the fucking vampire in the shed. That whole concept to me is fucking lame in the first place. Like having a vampire in the shed. Like, uh, it sounds like a Goosebumps book. I think I can elaborate on that part because it. I feel like it obviously took from Anne Rice's vampire books. It's been a long fucking time since I read these books, so I don't remember if it's in. Queen of the Damned or uh, the Vampire Lestat. Uh, when Lestat first was turned into a vampire, I believe the vampire that turned him like immediately killed himself after. Just like in this movie. So I'm thinking that's where they got the idea from. And in the book, he's basically now has to be this new thing that he has no idea what he is, what he can do, or why he is what he is. So I feel like that's where they wanted to go with it. And they didn't really, they didn't really touch on it enough. I mean, all the guy knew is he turned into something that whenever the fucking sun hit him, he was caught on fire. So he went to the first shelter he can find and he fucking stayed there because he was safe. Like that's like definitely very just basic with the movie. Like the whole fact, the whole idea, the whole concept of it being entertaining to watch a vampire in a shed is not entertaining. It's just not. And I, I think you can agree with me there that the parts where the vampire was in the goddamn shed are fucking lame. And the best parts of this movie easily by far when the vampires are out of the shed, that makes it fright night level of like awesome. The last 10 minutes should have been the last 30 minutes of this movie. And it would have been a great movie, like well, not, like a really great low budget. movie. Yeah, but still, I mean, I think there it's low budget. And so I'm thinking, you know, they're using a lot of. I mean, like the Dahmer character and the bully character and stuff. You, you know, I mean, it's called the shed. So they're going to emphasize the shed as this like thing. Cause there's this whole like, you know, debate of like Stan going to Dahmer and he's like basically an evil Ed character and, you know, saying he has this thing in his shed and he has to prove it to him and he shows him. And he's like, Oh fuck, you know, we should use this to our benefit. So it's kind of like Dahmer, you know, using it to basically dispatch the bullies. They should have done that. And then that would have been a more interesting movie. Eventually, I mean, you already said this, but uh, Dahmer, you know, turns himself into a vampire, you know, via the shed. I mean, it, it's the last 10 minutes, you know, in, in a better movie, you know, would have been the last 30 minutes. But, you know, this movie is just working with what it has. And I mean, the shed is definitely, you know, it's, it has its place. And I think it, it's it's not so much what's in the shed. It's like the shed itself. And a lot of a lot of times. From what I got from it is that we all knew he was a vampire, except the vampire itself didn't know what the fuck it was. Joe Bean, the first person to be turned into a vampire, I don't think he had any idea of what he was until the end of the movie. Like, what, what, what made you think that? 
the fact that the his first instinct was to run into that shed and not leave the shed. And all it knew to do was to try to feed off of anything that would go inside. I mean, when it turned nighttime, it could have gone out and hunted, but it didn't because it didn't know it could do that. I mean, like, that's a reach, though. Like, I don't. I, How is it a reach? I think that's pretty accurate. I don't. Elliot, are you are you picking up what he's putting down? I'm. Uh, yeah, I understand that. At the same time, like, I don't know. I haven't. I've only seen the movie like I think one one and a half times. But uh, like, I'm not sure time wise. He might have. I mean, Stan might have already boarded up the shed and and trapped him in there before the first you know sundown. Well, I mean, no, he had the chance to escape. Like that's the thing, which I understand why. I mean, he couldn't leave. The guy literally couldn't leave. It was daytime. And then he boarded up the shed before nightfall. But my, my whole thing is like, but I think it was already like a day or two after that. I think he had already spent a night in there. We really don't actually, no, we no, you, you were, like you were it. right. He, he did spend a full last day in there. Cause I remember there being, I, I remember thinking to myself, like, well, what the fuck? Like he's just been in there for days now or a day or whatever. Like there was something that cued that off, but the whole point, like of, of it being like, he knows, or he doesn't know, like that's still, I like I, maybe they didn't play into that, but also even if they did, that's still like kind of lame. That, that's just like kind of, I don't know. Like there wasn't enough in this movie to make me care about anything at all. But for me, the vampires looked good. I, I thought it was for a low budget vampire movie. I thought they looked pretty good. I thought the action when the vampires did do shit was violent, gruesome, powerful, which is something that's been, kind of missing for vampires for a little bit like this is like 30 days night of night like level of vampire violence which is cool like ripping off arms and shit but it's just like they use all of their budget for like the last 10 minutes and then like the movie just ends kind of abruptly too i don't know man like i I don't know i can't really say that i recommend this movie like it just kind of seems pretty run-of-the-mill when it comes down to it but it could have been a pretty good indie film in my opinion vampire movies themselves aren't the best like i can only think of like a couple vampire movies that are anywhere worth watching so i mean like i'm in between the middle of you and Eric, you didn't like it for this. Eric liked it for exact opposite. And I thought it worked, you know, good enough to, you know, be a movie that I could enjoy. So, I mean, if you're but to do, you know, or to taint, I mean, I think it just comes down to like splitting the hairs. What I did, I, what I will say, like, I didn't like very much about this movie when it comes down to it, but the things I do like this movie did do very well there were a couple scenes like for instance at the very beginning whenever they were getting into a fight like marble was talking shit to like Dahmer and like he's at the stage of being bullied where he's like i'm gonna fucking like buck up and like he was just getting into marble's face and marble was like just not giving a shit essentially Dahmer was the one starting the shit and then you had fucking uh stan in there and like he was basically like it was like a pre-fight like right before you get into a fight and they were just like up in each other's faces and i'm like damn dude like i've seen fights like that like that's a pretty real fed up moment like for somebody who's getting bullied you know that was pretty cool Uh, Dahmer as a character is pretty endearing pretty good character overall um pretty thorough but he's about the only one that i thought was like that i think that whenever they were recapping like all the shit that they boarded up, you know, like they were, uh, we, you know, we boarded up the back door, this door and, you know, you got the attic and she's like the attic. Yeah. 
There's no attic. I didn't know there was an attic. I didn't know there was an attic. I said upstairs. I said upstairs. Yeah. I, there's there's upstairs. What the, the attic is upstairs, but I didn't know there was an attic. And then like clearly, like obviously they're gonna he's gonna go into the attic. And it's just like that's conversations right. that you have in real life when shit goes wrong. That shit was pretty funny. That was fucking they had a couple of little funny things in there like that. Dude, um, I'm telling you, like if the last 10 minutes were the last even 20 minutes. I, th- I think that this movie would have been fucking great. It's just like, there wasn't enough of the stuff that I liked. I mean, the, it's the shed. So, you know, the crux of the story was probably built around the shed. So, I mean, everything else was all probably secondary, but I mean, there's a lot of loose ends. Yeah. I thought it was really funny how he started drilling holes into the roof of the fucking. Okay. And that's another oh, shed to try to get some sunlight. In Thank there. you. But like, why didn't, why didn't he just like knock the whole fucking thing over? Yeah. Well, why didn't he take the whole fucking roof off? Yeah. Like, it's just like the fucking aluminum siding that's on top of the fucking roof Dude, take a goddamn screwdriver. Like, what are you talking <laughs> like, about? Like, he's like drilling holes into it and that to was, try to get that shit was funny, but it was like, so like, dude, like you could literally just lift this shit up and fucking kill him to that point. This movie, like, they could have easily added more shed stuff to where, like, I love that. When he was drilling the holes in there, like, if they could turn this even a little bit into a vampire, like, torture porn movie, that, like, just for, even for, like, five minutes, ten minutes, whatever, that would have done it for me, too. It's just, like, there was just a lot of space that could have been filled with actual stuff, you know, instead of it just being, like, the shed, you know, like, the just, I don't know. But, like, I agree with you, Eric. That was cool. Anything that, that where they actually interact with the vampire in this movie was cool. There just was not that much of interaction with the vampire at all. I mean, to be fair, most of the fucking vampire movies, there's very little interaction or they're not even really doing anything most of the time. I mean, and that's a fair assessment. I feel like this movie could have been like the modern day Fright Night, though. No, there's no way. No, I, I, I no, see it. I just don't think they had enough money, to be honest. And if they did have, I, an, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the the latter part, like you said, but I just don't think they had the money or the vision really to get to that. I think it was it was made to be what it was. I mean, because he had like an idea. Because it's probably just like, dude, it's like, what if you had something stuck in a shed? You know, what if it was a vampire stuck in a shed? And then like you just built a story around that, and then you copy and paste like a teen drama over it. I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's it. That's all it needed to be, and all it was trying to go for. I mean, you have this this ending that's you know, a little over top, but you know, that's what endings are. And I mean, there's a lot of loose ends, like what happened to Dahmer, you know, when he got burnt up and like, you know, I mean, yeah. What the, okay. Can we talk about that? How he like died, like nearly fucking died just from having his like arm out in the sun. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of, I mean, he was wearing bondage pants and they unzipped the zipper so he could show that like his inner thigh was burning, you know, whatever was touching sunlight, but yeah, he put the blanket on him and then But I think the ending was like the whole, I mean, just like Friday night, like maybe he's not dead kind of thing. I mean, yeah, right night. Huge- yeah, I thought they were going to go that route because when he like covers him up after he's been exposed to the sun. Yeah. And he still had like the fucking hand sticking out and it looked like it was burning. So then he turns around and he turns back and his hand is now under the fucking cover. I mean, that fucking oh, that okay. Marlo vampire at the beginning, you know, turned into the tiniest pile of ash from less sunlight than that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's loose ends on this movie. This movie is very, very rough around the edges. But I mean, as far as a vampire movie. So at the end, who do you think was the one that survived? Was it Joe Bean or was it Dahmer that survived? 
I'm going to put my money in the Dahmer camp because, I mean, for some reason, sunlight didn't work on him like it does everybody else. Maybe it has to do with his age. Maybe it's just not well thought out. Yeah. Or maybe they're going to come out with a sequel that's going to fucking blow your pants off. <sighs> if, honestly, I hope they do. I fucking hope like they the do. Prob- but probably not. But probably not. I wanted to like it more than I did. And you should. I, no, I, and and should. I should, but I don't. I can't. But you should. Can't. You should watch it again. And... Um, I don't. It's a fun movie. I enjoyed it. It's. I liked it for what it was, and uh, I'm gonna give it a to do. Okay. Well, I don't like it for what it is. I give it a taint. Elliot. I'm a to do. Right. I mean, fair enough. I mean, this is this this is like a scary stories story that somebody made into a low budget movie, and I can't fault them for it. Yeah. Which is, I mean, hey, that's that's fair. It's just you know. Could have done more. Yeah, you could always do more. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you there, but like, you could do more to make it. I don't know a better movie. I don't. If this don't podcast know. were a movie, it'd be the shed. I hope. I hope that's. I think it would be one br actually. Damn. I, 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 well, I mean, I kind of. I, <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm there with you, man. Um, yeah, that's that's fair. I, I just can't bring myself to fully say that I recommend this movie. Um, but I will say this: like, I don't hate the movie. I just. It's it's at the point where it's probably like a four out of ten for me. You're like probably, it's almost passable. Probably where I was at with We Summon the Darkness. I would mm. say, I, I I like this movie better than We Summon the Darkness. I'm at about a five point six. See, there you go. So like at least we're in the same ballparks. Anything about the shed that we want to wrap on with? No, I'd like other people to watch it and give us their opinion on it. Let us know what what camp you fall under. Yeah, I, as always. Let us know what you thought of it. All right. Well, cool. So that is The Shed. We'll move on over to our segment with our favorite dad. We're going to move on over to Dad's Horror Stash. Last in our thoughts, but first in our hearts. (laughs) Cue it. Oh, yeah, you sure? When I was your age. All right, everybody. <laughs> bring it on in. Bring it on in. Okay. <laughs> Dad, tell us about one of your movies. Fucking <laughs> 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 hate these kids. All right. Back before we had your blue discs. Okay, we had <laughs> we had these things called VHSs. Stood for video home security. And then <laughs> All right, so today on Dad's Horror Stash, in the tradition of the shed, we're going to be talking about 1986's Fright Night. <gasps> I'm scared. You like Fright Night, right? Yeah, Fright Night's, Fright Night's fucking classic. I'm going to tear that fucking movie a new asshole. <laughs> right. Oh, fuck. So, basically, I don't know, Fright Night... <laughs> so basically, I don't know. I don't basically, know. great start. I don't know if a lot of people even, you know, consider Friday Night a classic, which it is. I'm pretty. How sure. is it not a classic? I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know how everybody feels about this movie. It should be a classic. You should have already seen this movie a million times as a kid. Basically, plot is that a high school student is has reason to believe that his next door neighbor, who just moved in may or may not be a vampire killing hookers in his town. Sex worker, sorry. And it uh, is up to him to stop him. And 
he recruits a local washed up celebrity who hosts a um kind of like chiller theater show late night monster b movie show called fright night to help him do that and hijinks ensue is basically the premise to that accurate as far as the 80s and as they say as far as today this is one of the your more high quality vampire movies you have chris sarandon who is known to millions of hot topic kids as jack skellington you know, as, you know, an eight. Is that Susan Sarandon's brother? I don't know. I doubt it. Somebody wiki that. I mean, he plays, I guess, the 80s equivalent of like this, like, sexy, suave, you know, vampire. And you know, he's like what George Clooney was in the early 2000s. Yeah. I mean. Oh, my God. Dude, apparently he was married to Susan Sarandon, and that's where she got her last name. Oh, no <laughs> Bro, what the fuck? Yeah. Hey, he still looks the same too. When I saw him at Frightmare, he looked exactly the same. That guy has an age. He really is a vampire. Yeah, Frightmare. The way he was like talking to people was then like he's like the nicest, kindest dude. He's like seventy-eight years old. No way, dude. Yes, he's fuck. I want to look that good when I'm fifty. Let me see, dude. Like, cause like I mean, that's that's literally how. Cause students are in seventy-three. Oh, he's he, dude. He does look exactly the same. He's just gray. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? He looks like That's God. Good jeans right there. Yeah. That's how Clooney's gonna look when he's seventy. Clooney wishing. Isn't Clooney seventy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's how he looks right now. Fuck. Clooney's been anyway. great since he was thirty, though. That is true. These are facts. So I mean, this movie was written and directed by Tom Holland, who who is he? Sounds familiar. Who is that? He wrote Child's Play. He wrote. Dinner. He wrote, you know, a lot of movies. Wrote fucking Cloak and Dagger. Oh, he's Spider Man. Oh, I hate you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it started with, you know, the basic idea of like, what if this kid had a vampire next door? Like, what would he do? Friday Night, uh, kind of like a callback to the older vampire movies. You have a vampire in rare form where you have the manifestations that the vampire can take is like the, the, the bat and the wolf and the fog. And, 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 uh, you know, that, I don't know if that's ever been other than maybe Bram Stoker's, it's never been like all that contributed into one vampire and one vampire film. Right. Well, this whole movie was like a rip off of Bram Stoker's Dracula. I mean, I, I mean, in and in I think intentionally in kind of a tongue, tongue in cheek way. I mean, they have Charlie, the main character of the kid next door, his love interest, Amy. I mean, they even bring in the whole, aspect of her resemblance to an old flame of mm-hmm. you know jerry danridge literally the plot of dracula yeah. and they, that was chris sarandon's idea chris sarandon like coming into this is is a theater guy and theater. he brought in the aspect of he wanted to uh to humanify hum, hum what is it he wants to humidify him right humidify him he wants to humidify, humidify them <laughs> you know, humi- that's how you kill a vampire right there you gotta humidify him you bring the humanity to the character of the vampire is his idea to bring in the whole Amy resembling an old flame it was his idea to you know bring in the eating of the apples you know which who knew that would turn into a vampire trope yeah for and, real like he created this whole backstory for his character and like I mean they even have like the first one of the first kind of like encounters between Charlie and Cherry Danridge, Charlie knows 
what's going on. And, you know, Jerry knows that Charlie knows. And so Jerry just gives him an out. He's like, look, he's like, you leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. I won't kill your whole family. I won't kill you. Just like back off. And to be honest, I would have taken that deal. I would have hell fucking dude. He was scary as shit there in the fucking room. In a fucking heartbeat, dude. Yeah. But Charlie's just like, no fucking way. And so starts this war with a vampire next door is fucking idiot. But, um, I mean, argued that it's all it could be argued that that it's all that kid's fault it is the whole movie is this kid's the whole movie is this kid's fault right i mean he wouldn't even know his neighbor is a vampire if he wasn't like spying on him eating chicks next door i mean yeah yeah fucking wannabe rear rear window looking ass kid his rear window i mean but like chris Tarannon, since he has a theater background even helped put on his own like makeup effects like he has those like gnarly fingers and he was like Chris Saran had applied his own special effects makeup to his hands while the crew did his face up for the many, many, many shots of uh, special effects that are in this film. And I think it was the first, one of the first vampire films to have a million dollar budget for special effects. And it very much shows as this, if, you know, if not anything else, this could be said to be an effects movie. I mean, it's jam packed. I mean, you have this like story that's you're, you're fitting in as this kid dealing with a vampire living next door and then a kid dealing with, you know, his own love life. And then you're throwing in Peter Vincent trying to balance a dark comedy within like this very heavy horror movie, obviously, which scared the fuck out of some kids, including myself. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, it's got one of the best looking vampires on screen ever. I mean, Jerry Danridge is like, did scare me as a child. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Well, yeah. like I, I'm talking about, like the the woman. The woman, oh, <laughs> fucking when Amy was a vampire. Yeah, dude. Like when Amy was a vampire, they um that that mouth and yeah, that yeah. fucking like glowing yellow eyes, like that's crazy, dude. That scared the shit out of me. Hair turned long and red for reasons that have never been explained. But uh, you know, I was saying earlier that the you know this movie is just the kid versus his neighbor, and then they, but wouldn't have worked as that. So they brought in, you know, Ryan McDowell to play Peter Vincent, who, you know, is, is the, the horror fright night host of this television. Who's also seems like a ripoff of Vincent price. Well, he was, it wasn't a ripoff, but he was an homage. Like his name, Vincent price and Peter Cushing make up Peter Vincent. So an homage to these, to these, um, you know, horror movie actors. But I mean, Ryan McDowell explains the backstory to his character as like he was in the same league as these guys, kind of for a little bit, like in his sixties. But he only played, you know, the same character for like half a dozen movies, and then couldn't branch out after that. And then so basically, is surviving off this one character. I mean, his name's not even Peter Vincent, and that's his like a character in a movie, and he's still going by that. And you know, he had a whole backstory of, of basically Peter Vincent is selling this fright night show he's just shuffling it from town to town like he'll be in ohio and he'll like do the fright night thing until it gets canceled and he'll move on to like the next city and he's just kind of like nomadic pimping this like same dead horse around the country for a living like that's his whole thing and uh charlie goes to peter vincent you know to help with the vampire problem just because you know he that's all he knows because he's a kid. This is the 80s. So it's, it's you know, this is, you know, a generation raised on television. So who would you go to? You'd go to the guy on TV who says he, he's a vampire killer. And that's exactly what he does. And and it, I think it's funny because it, throughout this whole movie, they're, we're going off of Peter Vincent's advice, who has no 
you know, training or justification for anything, but he's, he basically says, he's like, well, it's, it's been so far, it's been like, it has been in the movie. So I, you know, let's just do this. And that's, you know, leads to the, you know, homage to these classic vampire movies, hammer films, like the universal films, but, you know, to a modern day audience, as I guess it was in 1986, it leads to it's the comic relief. Now it's, it's this whole thing's hilarious because he's in costume. He has like a vampire hunting kit going off these old tropes and i mean that's pretty smart writing in and of itself but it's also makes for a fucking funny movie and then also in the like the shed you have Dahmer's character who is picked on and who is like this Mm -hmm. you know bully kid who becomes a vampire you know seeking revenge it kind of failed a little bit in the shed but i mean it's that's a ripoff of evil ed who is charlie's friend you know they call evil evil ed because he has kind of like He's a little off. He has like a sick sense of humor, but he, I think he has like, what is wrong with him? He, he's like on a spectrum or something. He's a little off, but he, he's not like so far gone, but he could, he's, I mean, he's, there's when they, the news is reporting that, you know, there's bodies being discovered in the town. I mean, like he's laughing and he's making jokes of them and everybody's just kind of like, eh, but that's just, you know, his character quirks, but he shows concern. I mean, he doesn't believe Charlie when Charlie says there's a vampire and then he, and evil ed and amy go to confront charlie about this in the movie and like charlie's like so far gone that he's like whittling steaks his his, his room's covered in garlic and the you know, windows are boarded up and shit and so like even he he's like this is a little far out there for like even you know me and i'm not all there so like evil ed is like a character but he's like he's this bullied kid and it's kind of, i think it's kind of alluded to you know he is eventually you know chased down and changed into a vampire by jerry and i think it's kind of alluded to that like maybe he was the bullied kid and he was maybe gay yeah and it's there's a lot of talk whether or not jerry and his um i guess housemate were you know kind of his familiar yeah and this, yeah you know kind of gay relationship even though jerry is feeding off these gorgeous uh, sex workers and, you know, it's never really clarified in the movie. And it's, again, it's, it's really besides the point. But, I mean, a lot of people saw that, especially in, you know, the 80s as a... Uh, Vamp- vampires can't be gay, though. They're not human. So it's like an interspecies thing with them. So they're bestiality people? Kind of. That would be more equivalent to it. They're, well, they're, I mean, there's like not any, any, any real... You know, evidence to show that there's any sex in this movie, but I mean, other than I mean, I mean, it's a sexy movie. Vampires are sexy. That's kind of like vampires are. It's I. Uh, I mean, that's kind of hit and miss in the movies. I mean, that'll make or break a film. Just like how much of the sexiness they play up kind of always pull it for me. I mean, Jerry's kind of like begins this infatuation with Amy, who you know, you know, the Dracula aspect of it where he you know, used to love her and then like, this is the reincarnation. Maybe the, I mean, that was like the, the whole plot of every universal monster movie almost. Isn't like the first scene she's trying to get uh what's his name to bang her. Well, she, he's trying to bang her. I mean, the first of all, the opening scene is this like nice long shot and you have like frightening introduction to fright night in the background on the TV. And then Charlie's trying to get in Amy's pants. Like she's scared and, you know, pushing him off and he, and a very 80s thing that would not fly now is where he's like yelling at her because he's like sexually frustrated. So it's very 80s. But uh, yeah, 
<laughs> but I remember her being like, why aren't you making love to me right yeah, now? Yeah, she eventually decides like she's ready and going to give herself to him. And then in the comedic turn of he starts noticing, you know, the neighbors bring in coughing, a coffin, you know, in outside. And then he starts his peeping next door. And, and you know, that's that's the whole like comic and uh, conflict between those two characters begins. And, and you know, it's, you know, by the, the, the time she's ready to to go all the way, he's already been compelled to investigate the neighbor who may or may not be a vampire but i mean going back to evil ed like uh, he turns into a werewolf eventually he um i mean he became he's taken in in as as a vampire and goes after charlie and, and and peter vincent and turns into a wolf while attacking peter vincent and peter vincent like eventually like stabs him and he has this amazing transformation where he's going from wolf to human and he's like this half human, half wolf hybrid werewolf thing, which I guess is like this like reverse transformation, which is fucking looks amazing still. All practical effects. Oh, definitely. That was like unbelievably good. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that was fucking great. Hands down, like this movie has got the looks and it's all practical effects. I mean, like, and this is a classic horror movie but the fact that it's, it's a classic 80s movie yeah so yeah that's what i was gonna say it's a classic horror movie but at the same time it's just a classic 80s movie i mean it's 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 ripe with like scary scenes and your your traditional tropes and your, your generic vampire story but at the same time it's it's you know the 80s sleekness and the 80s it's got like cheese but like it's like it's like that 80s cheese it's 80s. You know? i mean like he did I, it's like yeah 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 because like even like chris Durandon's like jerry's you know, Dandridge's vampire, like he doesn't even have a cape. He has this like gray, floppy, lapeled, like pleather trench coat. Yeah, which exactly. Is, you know, and then he used it as a cape, you know, just this is updated version. I mean, and it's fucking almost laughable, but at the same time, it's like not because Chris Durant like, is like playing this thing, like just. Yeah, he plays curious. it like, like he, yeah. Like you almost like look like this is not scary, but then like, he takes it so seriously and he's so convincing. Like it, he turns that look into scary. He, and and like when he's, you know, pretending he's not a vampire and and like, he's talking with, I mean, the cops with Amy, with Charlie's mom, he's like, Mr. Suave, like Mr. Funny. He even like, like mocks the whole fright night thing. I mean, like, he's like this, like cool cat, this you know, calm customer is cucumber killy. I don't know. But, uh, okay. (laughs) All right. We've got that up. But, um, but he's like he's he's just this, this cool customer and he's just dealing it. He's very charismatic and everybody likes him and like you know no wonder like nobody believes Charlie and like that's a boy who cried wolf story for sure. It definitely. I mean that it's it's so many classic horror tropes and and ideas thrown into this you know half serious half extremely horrifying movie and it's just it's classic. I don't think there's really any other movies to kind of come close to this. I mean, like you have like monster squad and some things that are in the same vein, but nothing really goes this hardcore in in, in the directions it does. Like, this is also one of the only movies that from the eighties that is like a big, like a big movie for horror, but also a big, like well-received movie for like anybody. Yeah. It was the number one horror movie in that summer of that year i mean for sure i can imagine it it, uh, it, i mean it's 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 i don't know if they can even make a movie like this again 
I mean, they certainly it's the perfect tried. storm. They tried with the remake. Which- I, I I did remember in a documentary that I saw like they they made this movie the best that they could. And then they just put it out. They, it was not expected to make any money whatsoever. And then it became a fucking smash. Yeah. I mean, dude, you mentioned the documentary. Like, there's a lot of extra things. Like, if, if anybody who's really a fan of this movie, there is a lot of things out there to find. Like, there's, I mean, when I looked into it, this movie has so many different outlets. It's turned into, there's like multi universes. There's just like, I mean, they're, you have like your your DVDs and your Blu-rays. There's also like a 30th edition special edition copy of the Blu-ray that has commentary. And like there was never commentary recorded for this movie, but the uh, mo- majority of the cast did a commentary. I think it was in 2000, probably after the remake, something like that. But they it was on a website. They did two. They did two commentaries and the Blu-ray had to use these pirated bootleg commentaries for the, the, um, the commentary on the movie itself. And I, huh. that's, I think that's like a $70, you know, Blu-ray DVD right now. Jeez. So good luck finding that. There's also a novelization of the movie that goes into like crazy backstories, just like all about how, you know, Jerry is a vampire is like 400 years old, how he invented like this, like uh, additive to human blood to make it more, more nutritional. The fact that he has like this higher standing in the, the vampire community, like ties up all the loose ends of like what happened to Charlie's dad. And like, you know, where, you know, how long Charlie and Amy have been dating and what happens to their relationship. I mean, there's, there's also the, a doc, a full length documentary that's out there that is also hard to find that you, you know, you commented on and, you have a comic book series that came out. It was basically the adventures of Charlie and Vincent, uh, Peter Vincent going out there and like killing vampires. And then evil Ed will show up every once in a while. And it, there's just so many just like split avenues on this. There's yeah, we all, there was, we all know that in 2011, there was the fright night remake and in 3d that came out and that was starring. That always goes well. 3D movies always go well, especially in 2011. Anytime, apparently, 3D was always a gimmick, 100 percent of the time. Like I watched uh, In Search of Darkness, which, by the way, I still recommend. They all the directors when they were talking about 3D, they were like, "Oh my god, yeah." Looking back, it's all always been a gimmick. Just like for when things get stale, it comes back every like 10 years or so. There's a little tiny blip where everybody starts doing 3D movies. And it's it's always been some kind of gimmick to get people into theaters. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, I, I I don't know how well Fright Night the remake did, but it fucking I, when I saw it, it certainly did suck starring uh, Colin Farrell. And I mean, that kind of lost all the charm of the original. It was like, you know, this douchebaggy, you know, kind of vampire neighbor guy that move the next door and then just kind of yeah i mean it wasn't more like a home invasion type deal the whole movie a little bit and then like peter vincent was like this like bullshit magician and it was it was just awful and there was they even (laughs) i never watched it i never i've been wanting to see it but it's not worth watching and it it got its own sequel but what a lot of people do not know is that fright night the original 1986 got a 1988 Fright Night 2 sequel. Yeah, I knew that. Not a lot of people know that. I've never seen it. My brother actually was the one that cued me in on it. And 
it is basically Charlie is going to college and is kind of like seduced in this like once bitten type movie. If anybody ever seen the movie Once Bitten, Never seen it. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of that whole vibe. Charlie goes to college and is seduced by this female vampire who turns out to be Jerry's sister. And it was supposed to involve Evil Ed returning, but the actor that played Evil Ed declined the role and he instead he went for the 1988's 976 Evil movie. Oh, yeah. And so Evil Ed was replaced by a uh, John Grease who plays a werewolf in the movie. And uh, people might know him as also playing the werewolf in Monster Squad. And so that's two werewolf parts for this man. And it is basically, yeah, like once bitten mixed with Fright Night. And, you know, like I said, I haven't seen it, but it, it didn't do as well. And a good portion of the reason, because it was a straight-to-video release, although it had openings in L.A. and in New York. And oh, like, wow. That was it. I thought it was theatrical. Like, that makes more sense why it's not talked about. Yeah. Because the reason it didn't do so well, there was also going to be talks for a third Fright Night, was because the chairman of live entertainment, Jose Menendez, was murdered. Him and his wife was, were murdered by his two sons, Eric and Lyle Menendez. And the third Fright Night movie was scrapped. Fright Night 2 only played in two theaters. And all the promotion was canceled for and all the distribution was canceled. And it was straight to video. Jesus I'm fucking not sure Christ. why they had to do that. But yeah, um, the death of Jose Menendez was the death of the f- original Fright Night lineup. And it was only wow. directed in 2011 for the remake and then the, the sequel to the remake in 2013. And in 2015, uh, writer director Tom Holland was interviewed and kind of expressed what he wanted to do with his own sequel would be an adult. Charlie inherits his childhood house from his mother. And he moves into as a single father with his two kids and his two kids get busy investigating the weird house next door where they claim a vampire is. And turns out it would be Evil Ed next door, you know, squatting in the old Dandridge house, trying to resurrect Jerry the vampire and kind of, you know, the hijinks that would ensue on that, which is not a fucking bad idea for a movie coming from the original writer director. So I doubt that. Yeah, but if they get a different actor, which they'd have to, right? I mean, like, not really. Well, I mean, like, he's aged too much. Just put him in the fucked up makeup. I mean, Evil Ed's makeup, you could hide whatever in there. And I'm sure he's basically the same build. But, uh, I mean, you can hide whatever in that fucking makeup. And More of Evil Ed is exactly what I want in a movie. I mean, how many how many Halloween masks have you seen in the stores that have the cross burned in to the forehead? I mean... Yeah, absolutely. If you haven't seen Fright Night, you don't even know why there's all these cross slash X-headed vampire masks in the store. I mean, like he's he's his own icon. He's he's the best makeup in the film. Like Evil Ed, a movie with all Evil Ed would be amazing. Yeah, I loved Evil Ed like a lot. And and I should also uh kind of confess, I never saw Fright Night until last year when we oh, were wow. doing 31 days of, of uh, Halloween or whatever. And like y'all had told me like, you haven't seen Friday night, put that on your fucking list. And I did. And I was shockingly surprised. Cause like, I didn't 
care for the idea of it. Like I like vampires a lot, but I didn't care for the idea of it. I went in pleasantly surprised because it was, it's a good movie. Like it's the writing's good. The fucking like for the times, like the practical effects are like next level, you know, like it's hard to get better than what they had. And like the, the, with the girl vampire, the like lady vampire with the fucking massive mouth and like the yellow eyes is probably one of my favorite on-screen vampires that I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Like ever just, I don't know, man, it was fucking anyway, but yeah, pleasantly surprised by this movie. And yeah, I just, uh, I didn't see it until I was an adult and it still holds up. So if that says anything, if you haven't seen it, which, you know, it's an amazing movie. I mean, it's well acted, well written, well directed. Uh, it's got some great shots for a first time director. And I mean, everybody's just kind of firing at top notch. It's, uh, it's got scares. It's got laughs. It's a and, rare movie. Yeah. I mean, watching this as a kid, I mean, it scared the shit out of me, but also it was super relatable you know, being like in the eighties and also funny jokes and, and just like great atmosphere. And like Rodney McDowell is like, like Rodney McDowell, you know, and for Planet of the Apes, he was in uh, Overboard. I mean, like, is, he is very understated in this movie. I mean, he's, his character, Peter Vincent, I mean, he's like this, uh, like, washed up actor, yes, but, like, he's also very conflicted when you watch the movie. He's just kind of, like, he doesn't believe this kid, but he's he's desperate, so they pay him to go, like, look at this vampire, and then when he figures out that it's real, like, he's scared shitless, but he, <laughs> he can't leave this kid. He, he's, he eventually is, like, well, he's very conflicted. He wants to, like, leave and he's terrified, but then at the same time, he's he's actually going to have to, like, step up and do it because he can't leave a high school kid to just, like, die. Uh, and, and so, I mean, it's 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 great. It's a great it's a great movie. I mean, it's one of those movies that I get a fuzzy feeling when I just think of it like, it's Halloween, I'm carving a pumpkin, Fright Night's on in the background. Like, that's, it doesn't get any better than that. Damn. Yeah. So. That's kind of, that is, like, Fright Night is kind of the spirit of Halloween like in some way, well, not the spirit of Halloween, but just like a good Halloween time horror movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. I mean, like I didn't, if like if I knew there was, you know, a limited edition, special edition that that is seventy dollars now that had all the pirated com- commentary and all that stuff, I would have like tried. I would have, you know, seek that out. But news you lose. True facts. So yeah, there's there. There's the Fright Night. The you know one of the better horror 80s movies and one of the better vampire movies ever made in my Absolutely. opinion i mean yeah name six good vampire movies can't be done you know i can i so, can i'm actually interested i want to hear this uh 30 days a night i did don't even start <laughs> are you serious I, <laughs> that was a good movie i liked it when it was called 28 days later either way uh fucking An interview with the vampire i mean yeah, but I'm thinking like horror movie, horror movies. What? What are some vampire movies? <laughs> what are some vampire movies? Help! You put me on the spot. I can't well, do it. I mean, an even harder question is like I remember back in the the Facebook days of when I used to talk to people, but but somebody was like, you know, top five werewolf movies, and then everybody's like, oh, oh shit. Like what? There are none. You, you say no. There are some good. Uh, doll. Don't, don't act- harder than vampires. I mean, you say American World. Oh, it's way London. harder for sure. Yeah, American World of London, and then like somebody says Bad Moon, and then everybody quits. Bad Moon's good. Bad Moon's barely stop. Barely just stop. Bad, Bad Moon's Moon, great. It's the Shadow Werewolf movie. Silver Silver Bullet's pretty good. And that's why we, this is where we end the podcast forever. You didn't like Silver <laughs> Bullet. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I don't like Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet's good. Oh, God. I'm, I'm surprised you're even old enough to know Silver Bullet. What are you talking about? It's good. It's a good. Uh, anyway, so let the right one in. Good vampire movie. I'll give you that. I eat my butthole. So I was going to say Martin, but you hate Martin. I did hate Martin, but. <laughs> did you hear the disdain in his voice? I, I sat through the whole thing. Um, yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I never saw it. Yeah. That's, you never saw it? No, I never saw it. Not the, the Coppola film? No. Uh, I was going to watch it last year. Vampire in Brooklyn. Blade. That wasn't him. He's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Is Sleepwalkers a vampire movie or a... Uh, mm-hmm. um, it, no. it's, 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 it could be said it's a version of vampire movie, but uh, traditionally... I think I think uh, what uh, Steve- all all the Twilight movies. All the Twilight. Sleepwalkers is is I think uh, Stephen King was trying to Hotel Transylvania. This is like <laughs> was it was uh, the the myth that started the vampire legend is is I think what he was going for. Right. That's one of my guilty pleasures right there. I love Sleepwalkers. Oh, do you really? Yeah, I love Sleepwalkers. Yeah, see, that's on my list for this year. That's one of my favorites. I've never seen it. I'm at, John Carp. What about John Carpenter's vampires? Oh shit! I mean, with uh, that's that's a tough one. When Marilyn Manson kills all those guys. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, you got to pick. I'd say no. Yeah. Oh, that's just your default. Yeah, no. Well, the- <laughs> no. I enjoy it. It's almost like a guilty pleasure type movie for me. John Carpenter outside of the '80s is always a no. Is Near Dark any good? Oh, fuck. yeah. I about Near Dark. That's a good one. Near Dark is Near Dark is the first. Ooh, Stakeland. Stakeland, yes. Near Dark. I feel like if you haven't seen Near Dark, you need to watch Near Dark. Really? It's yeah. It it's good stuff for some eighties problems, but other than that, it's it's. If yeah. you're saying it's a good movie, it's probably pretty good. And then Eric only, said he liked it. Um, I had a cousin who worked at, I think it was the Forum Mall in Arlington, but before it was torn down, he worked at the movie theater there, and he used to give us some things back when he worked there, and he gave my brother the poster of near dark that has built Paxton all fucked up on it. Mm-hmm. And he gave, uh, gave us the Hellraiser two poster from when that was showing there. And he gave me a Jason Voorhees, like 1987, like little squirt ball from when Friday the 13th opened up there. Some good. Yeah. Shit. I need to find that fucking near dark poster. I'm going to frame that shit. That movie's that pretty cool. That's a good movie. I mean, you... lost boys. We got, we forget the lost boys. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah. Dude. I mean, the band in there is terrible. That's five, two of which you need to watch this Halloween. Daughters of Darkness? I never saw that. From the 70s? That was a good vampire movie. There was a shitload of vampire movies in the 70s that I have not seen. Oh, they're all very, very sexual. Yeah. I mean, I have a friend. My friend Justin would be, like, beating the shit out of me because he believes that Christopher Lee is, like, the only Dracula and those are the only worthwhile vampire movies ever made. Uh, What about Kronos? Is that a good movie? With gear middle time. I haven't seen that in a fucking shitload of time, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Well, that was fun, Elliot. Thank you for that. That was very uh, rambly. Well, I mean, like that's the whole segment. But you know. it's just me rambling. We should change it to Grandpa's mumbles. Grandpa, <laughs> Professor Mumbles. Gather around uh, here. I'm gonna tell you a thing that I just thought up. <laughs> Back in my day, vampires were cool. We didn't have your skinny jeans and haircuts <laughs> making me. My vampires don't glitter. My vampires don't glitter, and they have yellow eyes. Well, technically, I had yellow eyes in Twilight. God 
Damn. This is the vegan, the vegan vampire said otherwise. Thank you. Well, thank you, thank you so much, uh, Elliot. We appreciate uh, your contributions oh, yeah. to the cult. <laughs> I do, I do. Elliot, have you fucking? Have, did you dive into those like videos on the Kurtz World ninety six account? No, I did not. Dude, I did. Those are fucking funny. They're hilarious, dude. Like it's like <clears throat> it's like a bonus you get with the movie. Like you get all this extra content that you could fuck with. Like I love that. And he's still posting shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of that stuff's recent. I mean, yeah, dude. Like he started. He only started posting that stuff like early August. So, but he's been posting like one thing a day up until like the official release or something. Well, by he, I guess you know we mean the. Filmmaker. Well, yeah, the filmmaker, but it's him. It's like the homeboy's content. Yeah. Joe, whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, Joe Curie. Like, well, it's probably all like deleted scenes from them shooting. Yeah. Do you guys get the feeling that like movies no longer really advertise before they come out and start advertising when they come out? Well, I think like if they're in a theater, yeah. I mean, like, what else do you got besides trailers? And then, yeah, I mean, like, of course, like, uh, like Disney and fucking avenger bullshit they're gonna have like signs at the mall and stuff but i miss like the bombing ads dude like i remember fucking <laughs> like uh forgetting sarah marshall oh god yes dude like you had there was no trailers or anything for it what yeah and like in la dude. like they bought up like all the fucking billboards and like bus stops and shit. And it's like, fuck you, Sarah Marshall. And like, you stole my life, Sarah Marshall. Like, all this shit. And you're just like, what the fuck? Who is Sarah Marshall? Yeah, they had that in Texas. They did. Yeah. Did they? They That's why, like, I remember being like hammered by it, like hammered by promotions. Maybe they didn't have a trailer, but they I didn't remember have trailers until like right before it. And like, they started months before the movie. And you're just like, it had people talking on the internet. Like, what the fuck is Sarah Marshall? Who's Sarah Marshall and all this shit? Like, what do they call it? Guerrilla advertising or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's that's pretty good. I like that. Uh, yeah, they do could do that some more. Yeah, I, that would have worked with Spree, too. Yeah, it really would have. The Shed, I mean, that's how I found out because they kept playing an ad every time I opened YouTube. It was an ad for The Shed. And I was like, fuck, really? watch it. Speaking of, like, really fucking out of control like ads do y'all remember the village yeah oh my god dude <laughs> i've never seen more trailers in my life than the village like uh, uh too much that's so disappointed in the village i never Were even you? watched it because like mm-hmm. so they ruined the twist and i was like i don't need to watch this movie i loved it i think i saw it like opening day or opening night yeah and i was like so fucking invested in it yeah and I was just like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, cause I'm all like, okay, so this is like a fucking post apocalyptic thing with like a supernatural creature. Yeah. And I'm like trying to figure it all out. And then in the end, it's like, well, they were in a fucking state reserve the whole time. Yeah. That movie got me. I mean, it's one of the better M. Night Shyamalan movies, but like, I, I was going into it just hoping for this one thing and then when it turned out to be not what I wanted I was disappointed and then it did the whole twist thing and I was like I don't even care anymore the monster didn't even it wasn't even really a monster yeah I wanted real monsters I was like this is gonna be the one where M. Night Shyamalan does a good movie 
when that, the same thing when the happening came out. This is gonna be the one where it's a good one because it's rated R. He finally like he's gonna stop pussy floating around and make a good movie. And then it's like the worst movie ever did. I'm still making the argument that that movie would have been exponentially better had they not cast Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel. Really? Dude, if they would have gotten better actors for that, that movie would have been fucking phenomenal. Except for the part where it's the trees. So what? That that was nothing. It, the scenes with the actors would have carried that whole movie. The lines were there. Everything was there. The older lady like that was like fucking weird in that little house with the speaking tunnel. That shit was fucking badass. But instead, you got fucking Mark Wahlberg. Give me a minute. Let me think. Let me think. And Zoe Deschanel, I'm upset with you right now. I know the world is coming to an end, but I'm not happy. Hmm. Yeah, and then like the weird comedy in there. Like they were fucking terrible. John Leguizamo was fucking badass in that movie. I think they should have just fucking like not explain it. Like this is happening. Don't explain it. Because then at the end, it's like it was the trees. But then the trees decided to forgive us. So everything's okay for now. I mean, just like fucking don't explain it. This is happening. Just like go through it. It wasn't, though. It had moved on from the United States to other places. Yeah, but it still gave the United States a reprieve. But, I mean, don't explain it and don't cast Marky Mark, and that would have been almost a decent movie. But I just, I in, like, in Night Shyamalan, I just, like, I, he will not make a movie I will like, I don't think, ever. Is he still making movies? Yeah, he just did that glass shit. Oh, yeah, fuck that movie. Glass shit. Well, it was almost good, but... That was split was good. That was because it had a great actor in it. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, it, good actors can carry a shitty movie. Yeah, bad actors will destroy a good movie. Yeah, I guess that's about it. So, as always, if you have any classic movies that you want Elliot to review on Dad's Horror Stash, uh, drop us a line. <laughs> the Sentinel. I would love for him to do the Sentinel. I, ha- I bought the DVD. It's just packed away. <laughs> oh well, fuck. But uh, I'll let you borrow the VHS. Yeah, there you go. I don't have a TV currently. Well, you, you're full of excuses, huh? Well, I'm uh, moving back next week. and then You are? You're moving? Moving. D- did you need help? No. Nobody can help me. <laughs> Got to do it myself. <laughs> I got to do it myself. Like 15 trips. Didn't offer at all. The, I'm going to have the kid help me. Just me and the kid just unloading furniture. <laughs> If you have any stories that you would like Eric to read on Catfish's Creepy Tales, you know, definitely let us know. Uh, once again, it's cult of horror podcast at gmail.com. Share. Shoot us an email. And also, you can give us a follow on Instagram. That's where we're most active at Cult of Horror Podcast. Like us on Facebook, Cult of Horror. Give us a follow or I guess give us a subscription, a subscribe, all that at YouTube with Cult of Horror is what we're at. And also TikTok, Cult of Horror. Aside from that, anything else we want to? Fuck no. Yeah, I just want to, I want to say, okay, wash your hands. All right, measure twice, cut once. Okay, never go against the grain. Wear a Jimmy hat. What the fuck is a Jimmy hat? Mouth stuff doesn't count. Your mother mother used to do things with her mouth that, I mean, I was like a fire hydrant in the 70s, just exploding and all the little kids that come and play because like a fire hydrant in a hot uh, Brooklyn summer. Yeah, just like (laughs) sizzling on the concrete, you know what I'm saying? But And then wear your jacket because that's how you get cold. 
<laughs> okay. All right, Dad. Thanks. Don't play with matches, kids. Don't play with matches. If you're gonna jump on something, make sure it's not moving. Um, what are we doing next time? What did you What did you say? What did you decide, Eric? <laughs> uh, we're gonna be doing Babysitter to the Killer Queen. The The Quickening. The Quickening, starring Luther Vandross, and um, <laughs> yeah, it's called uh, Babysitter to the Quickening. I'm psyched about um, that, even though I know I'm going to be horribly disappointed. <laughs> so we're going to check out Babysitter Killer Queen on Netflix. Just came out, so we're going to go ahead and break that down for you. Done now. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, I miss hanging out with you all. Um, that's all on you. <laughs> that's all one-sided. Fuck you all. All right. Wish I could say the same. Let us know if you have any suggestions or comments, concerns, anything like that. We're here for you. We love you. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you all next week. Uh, Drink the Kool-Aid. Have a great day. Get off my lawn. Never mind. Never mind. We're ending it. You like rap? Get off my lawn. You mean mean rap an ending? Say get off my lawn. Who? You. You. There's nobody on my lawn. It's like something an old man would say. I'm done. Say say something an old man would say. An old grumpy man. An old grumpy man? Say shit that you would say. I miss miss Raymond Burr. I fucking hate everything right now. All right, I'm going to... Matt Locke.